0: Grant Winarovich, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning,
1: farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick. With Randy Coonan in studio, we'll have reports as well from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. The American Farm Bureau Federation and John Deere have signed a Memorandum of Understanding giving farmers the right to repair their own equipment. Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval made the announcement at the organization's convention in Puerto Rico.
0: This agreement will enable you and your independent mechanics to identify and fix problems. You will have access to the diagnostic tools and the information that you need, and you'll get It all at a fair and reasonable price.
1: It took years of negotiations to secure this agreement. Discussions with other equipment manufacturers has already begun.
2: Land prices have increased up to 11% this past year. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more.
3: NDSU Extension Ag Finance Specialist Brian Parman says with farmers' margins tight in 2022, he expected a smaller jump in land prices.
4: According to USDA's data, we saw nationally the biggest jump in uh, cropland prices and pastureland prices in the last 15-20 years uh, a year ago. And the margins uh, a year ago were not as strong even as they were for the most part from years like 08 to 2013. And so that jump was a little bit surprising, or at least the magnitude of it based on the, the, the profit margins that we were seeing, and yet it happened nonetheless, but at the same time Uh, we saw uh, cash rents not increase nearly as much. At least in North Dakota, we kind of saw 3%, where land prices increased closer to 14%.
3: Parman doesn't expect prices to increase, but there's a chance that rental rates could go up.
4: There's a good chance this year we may not see the big jump in land prices that we saw a year ago, but I I anticipate a a strong increase in cash rents to sort of play catch up a little bit to what land prices did. These are these things are kind of hard to speculate on, uh, you know, rental rental contracts, but I wouldn't be surprised if when the dust all settles we see it close to maybe double digits, you know, approaching 10% increase in cash rents plus or minus a few percentage points wouldn't be surprising at all.
3: Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network.
1: President Joe Biden is in Mexico City for a summit meeting with his counterparts from Mexico and Canada. Trade will be on the agenda for agriculture. That includes Mexico's proposed ban on biotech corn imports. The South Dakota
2: legislative session starts tomorrow. South Dakota Farmers Union lobbyist Mitch Richter says everyone will be getting settled the first week. After that, big topic issues like assigning budget dollars will take priority.
0: Well, I think the biggest issue that will dominate the session is going to be the budget. We still have several millions of dollars um, left over from the COVID money. That has increased our state revenues. The governor has proposed that we reduce the sales tax on groceries and there are some legislators that feel that might be premature. We have had you know, double-digit revenue growth the past couple of years, and so there's a lot of one-time money. There's a lot of money that came in above the revenue estimate, so I think the legislature this year is going to be pretty much dominated by budget discussions.
2: And South Dakota Farmers Union will be keeping an eye on property rights.
0: You know, we don't have Any bills that we're promoting at this point, we're always watchful for uh, landowner rights issues. There are a couple of pipeline companies that are trying to put pipelines through South Dakota, and some of that would cross some of our members' land. So eminent domain may come into play. We'll see. There aren't any bills that we've seen yet, but that could be an issue.
1: According to North Dakota Corn Growers Association Executive Director Brenda Elmer, transportation is a legislative priority for their group.
5: Especially when it comes to local roads and bridges. We have a a tremendous deficit in in the local roads and bridges that need fixing or replacing into the billions of dollars. And we are going to be supportive of proposals to send uh, further funding to counties and townships. Um, and to maybe even look at some formula changes on where the funding goes right
1: now. Value-added agriculture, water management, and tax reform are also priorities for the North Dakota Corn Growers Association in this ongoing legislative session in Bismarck. Stay tuned to the Red River Farm Network. We'll be reporting later this week, Thursday, from the Minnesota Crop Improvement Association annual meeting. This is the Red River Farm Network.
2: Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. One of the country's largest chicken processors is asking the government to address an ongoing rail service issue with Union Pacific. Rail shipments are not making it to the Foster Farms facilities in California on a timely basis. The company claims millions of birds are in danger of not being fed due to the UP service
1: problems. Union Pacific is blaming the weather for those delays. Two local unions at CNH Industrial Factories in Wisconsin and Iowa have rejected a tentative labor contract. The four-year contract proposal included wage increases of 25 to 38 percent. A strike has been underway at the farm and construction manufacturing plants since May. The American Farm Bureau's
2: annual convention continues. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has
3: more. The New Horizon Award from the American Farm Bureau recognizes innovative new State Farm Bureau programs. Minnesota Farm Bureau was recognized for its interactive ag literacy exhibit at the Minnesota State Fair. After a remodel and revamp of the Minnesota Farm Bureau building at the State Fair, Foundation Director Ruth Merrick said the project had a lot of support from a wide range of people.
6: The Minnesota Farm Bureau did a complete revamp on the Minnesota State Fair building for the Farm Bureau and all the educational egg literacy exhibits that we had inside it. We were able to do a lot of stuff with a lot of support from Farm Bureau members, organizations, donors, county Farm Bureaus, all the Farm Bureau volunteers that come in during those 12 days of the State Fair. So... Um, and they saw the value in that, the American Farm Bureau judging team saw the value in that and they wanted to recognize that, so it was pretty cool.
3: Merrick says the goal of the interactive display was to showcase agriculture's contribution to products we use every day beyond just the food on our tables.
6: We were able to take a borrowed theme from the Iowa Farm Bureau called Farmers Produce More Than Produce and we really rallied around that theme and wanted to tell the story of agriculture beyond the food plate people always think uh, of farmers and the food that we bring to the table but they don't think of all of the other items that we use every single day in our life that comes from agriculture Um, batteries such as fuels and paints and um, what was fun was to take that value-added agriculture And be able to communicate it to fairgoers.
3: Minnesota was one of six states to receive the New Horizon Award at this year's American Farm Bureau Annual Convention at San Juan, Puerto Rico, going on now through Wednesday. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman.
1: Former American Farm Bureau Federation Executive Vice President Dale Moore was presented the group's Distinguished Service Award. Moore served in that role from 2018 to 2022. Moore was chief of staff for four ag secretaries and was on the staff of former House Ag Committee Chair Pat Roberts.
2: Managing potato quality post-harvest is critical to profitability. Syngenta post-harvest manager Tim Madden says there are a number of issues that can arise in stored potatoes. Syngenta has developed a number
1: of products over the years that help protect that uh, degradation and storage. We have a couple products. Primarily the one we're promoting currently is Archive. It's a mix of fluidioxanol with azoxastrobin. It's a very
2: unique product that it has two, uh, two methods of protection. It comes from two frat groups. And uh, so it, it helps people protect against a number of ailments. New products are allowing potatoes to retain their quality longer.
1: I mean, for years and years, you know, everybody kind of you know managed the humidity responses. and temperature, and you know there was a, a certain amount of mitigation you could have with that. But now you're, you know with the addition of these other products, yeah, we're able to, to you know protect quite a bit more
2: of the product in storage over a longer period of time. And our coverage from Potato Expo brought to you by Syngenta, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Gowan USA, Bayer the National Potato Council, and AMVAC.
1: Brazil is facing political unrest similar to what was seen in the United States two years ago. Thousands of protesters who support Brazil's former president stormed the presidential palace yesterday. The demonstrators want the military to intervene and return the former president to power. Shipments are
2: moving again on the Suez Canal. The cargo ship broke down, shutting down the waterway. The ship was filled with Ukrainian corn and was on its way to China. In 2021, a container ship became lodged and shut down shipments for six days.
1: Incoming House Ag Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson was forced to postpone his first Farm Bill listening session of the new year. That session was scheduled to be held Friday when lawmakers were in the midst of the election of House Speaker McCarthy, that bipartisan Farm Bill meeting now rescheduled for this Friday in Pennsylvania. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The supply chain situation is improving and manufacturers are finding a way to mitigate any product shortages. Gowan USA Northern Plains sales representative, Marsha Van Lair.
5: Well, supply is always going to be one of our, our big issues issues in agriculture, and I know with the products that Gowan has, uh, our supply has been decent. We do uh, encourage the growers to talk to their retailers sooner rather than later about securing what supply they think they're going to need, though.
1: Weed control is one concern potato growers are facing as they head into 2023.
5: So weed control, we have the oldie but the goodie with Eptam. Eptam you can use throughout the growing season for control of your pigweed species, some grass species, nightshade, it's excellent on hairy nightshade. And then it also has some uh, black nightshade control. And then we did uh, expand our Somalan HFP label. And now we do have Land label for potatoes in the up and down the Red River Valley.
2: The Minnesota Crop Improvement Association is one of the leading state agencies of its kind. President and CEO Fawad Shah.
5: We would like to stay right on the the top five agencies with respect to acres. In many years, we are uh, either the numbers two or number three. Obviously, uh, North Dakota has uh, a lot more acres than, than Minnesota with respect to certified seed production. Between North Dakota, Oregon, and uh, Minnesota, we are either the top second or top third.
2: Last year's wet spring cut into the number of certified seed acres in Minnesota.
5: There was delay in planting and such. Um, so uh, it it took away some of the small grain acres, especially wheat acres, just because, uh, you know, it was sometimes it was, um, in some areas, it was a little too late to plant and after two
2: years of virtual meetings the minnesota crop improvement association is back with a face-to-face annual meeting that will be held thursday in fergus falls
1: usda will be releasing its next crop report on thursday chs hedging commodity manager preston zacharias says that january report is significant
0: always significant um because it's got um, i'm going to use quote unquote final production numbers for the year
1: they do tend to massage those in the in the future years, but they call it the final number here, so we uh, we do get the final production number. That's a big one. We get quarterly ending stocks. Um, that's a big one. It gives us an an idea of uh, what kind of uh, usage we have going on here domestically, and uh, you know, if anything, the feed number might be a little bit underestimated on corn. So uh, so that could. Print itself in that quarterly stocks number. Winter wheat seedings will also be updated. Wheat also still has a story with uh, going to bed into dormancy in Kansas in pretty rough shape. Um, Now, the recent rains have kind of tempered the panic out of that, but um, it's a big report and it'll be important for
4: corn, beans, and wheat.
1: Checking markets as we speak Minneapolis wheat, March steady at 901 and three quarters, the July contract one and a quarter higher. Chicago wheat March one and a half higher at 7.45. Hard red winter wheat March a penny gain. March corn down one and three quarters, 6.52 and a quarter. New crop a half cent lower. March soybeans one and three quarter higher at 14.94 and a quarter. The July soybeans 15.02 and a half, gaining three quarters of a cent. As we check the farm calendar, uh, the small grain update meetings for wheat, soybean, and corn growers going on this week. Uh, Starting tomorrow at Dilworth, it is a noon start. Uh, Lunch will be served on Wednesday. They'll be in Ada and Crookston Thursday, Lancaster and Roseau Friday, St. Hilaire. Again, the small grain update meetings that are on the agenda. And North Dakota Grain Dealers Association has their annual convention, the 15th through the 17th. That'll be in Fargo. Have a great Monday. This is the Red River Farm Network.